can I invite Trevor up to share with us this morning? And can we give him a hand as he comes to share and to bring the word of the Lord this morning? It's been a while since I've, um, I've seen you from this angle, and uh, some of you are looking a little bit older. <laughs> oh, now, come on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ben, Ben's not looking any older, all right? But um, don't, don't be offended. I mean, it happened to me once. I remember, <laughs> I remember about 25 years ago, I was asked to be a speaker at a Promise Keepers youth event, and um, as part of their promotion, they wanted a a bio and a photograph, and uh, so I was okay with the bio, but um, surprised as you may be, I wasn't a hip young youth speaker 25 years ago, and so I sent the bio off, but they came back to me and said, listen, we want a photograph as well, oh no, so I nipped down to the pharmacy and, and had a photo taken, you know, the one you get for a driver's licence or a passport, and you look at, it look, kind of looks as though it's your first day at Mount Eden, you know, <laughs> and, and um, I emailed this photo off and um, underneath it I said, my apologies, I haven't got a current photograph, but I've, I've attached one of what I'm going to look like in 20 years' time. <laughs> but there are some benefits to getting old, isn't there? Some benefits to, when you get old. I mean, you can, you can talk to people about their operations, you know. <laughs> or, or you can... You know, you can share your secrets with your friends and, and they're never going to remember them anyway, you know. <laughs> but we do have this resistance to getting old. So maybe, maybe it would help if we could, we could live life backwards. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but, you know, you could die first and get that over and done with. And then you could live in an old folks' home until you get asked to leave because you're too young. And you get a gold watch and then you go to work for 40 years until you're young enough to enjoy your retirement. You go to university, it's all party and games, it's fun, it's life, you know. Then you go to college and it's all just, you know, having a good time. Become a child again, go back to primary school. Become a baby and then you go back into your mother's womb. And you spend your last few months just floating around, you know. <laughs> and you end up as a twinkle in someone's eye. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we could live life backwards. But so much for, grow so much for growing old. What about, what about growing up? What, what's the saying? The saying is growing old is mandatory, isn't it? Growing, old, growing up is, is optional. Right? What's, what's, what's the difference? We're going to open this up now. You think Sunday morning is about being quiet. It's not. What is the difference between growing up and, and growing, growing old? Any differences there? Anyone? Anyone else? What, what is the difference between growing, growing old and growing up? Come on. It's not a trick question. Yep. Someone? Responsibility and growing up and maturing? Yep. Attitudes? What, what about attitudes? <laughs> You've got kids too, huh? <laughs> Anyone else about the difference between... Does, does growing up and growing... Does growing old... Sorry. Yeah. When Christ becomes Lord, okay? Yep. Cool. Sorry. Right. Okay. 
Are you married? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Gaining an enriched perspective. Okay. A different perspective as you mature through your years. Right, right. So it doesn't, in Christ, so it doesn't necessarily happen simultaneously, does it? You don't necessarily grow old and grow up at the same time. We, we would like our children to do that, wouldn't we? we? That's why we say kind of act your age, you know. Um, what, about, what about maturing as a Christian, growing up as a Christian? What are some of the marks that the New Testament would indicate to us um, represent maturing as a, a follower of Jesus? What are some of the things about our life that would, that would yeah, over there. Feed it, so you're moving from to, into solid food, okay? Okay, yeah, cool. Yep. Anyone else? Oh, explain that. I worry. <laughs> could someone could someone interpret what Ravari just said? <laughs> <laughs> Pardon? Be fruitful in your life. I uh, produce fruit. Yep. So, is sorry. Life follows you. Yeah. Want to perhaps unwrap that a bit? What do you mean? Cool. Yeah. Very good. Wisdom, yeah, okay. All right, let's just park those thoughts for a moment. But this morning is a, um, a very, very special day, a significant day, and we kind of officially welcome Dino and Gina with us. And um, very shortly, the elders are going, well, shortly, depending on how long I speak for, uh, are going to come and, and, and pray for these guys and commission them at the, at the commencement of their of their time with us. And we look forward to that. We've we welcome um, friends from Life Church. Ruby. How many friends from Life Church are here? Yeah, welcome you. Yeah, great, great to have you with us. And um, I assume you've come to re- release this couple to us, and uh, maybe reluctantly, or, or perhaps you've heard some whispers over the last few weeks, and you've come to drag them away and take them home again. I don't know. And um, good to have family. Is family here? How about standing up? You family stand up. We need to meet you guys. Hey. What a, what a, what a fine bunch, Dino. Dino, how did you do that? <laughs> sit, you can sit. Yeah, great to have you. Listen, um, thanks for coming and thanks for um, entrusting us with your mum and dad, or or entrusting your mum and dad to us, whatever way you want to look at that. And I don't know whether you had a choice or not, but thank you very much. And we promise to look after them, and to love them, and to respect and honour their heritage and their Christian experiences as well. And we pray that as we, as we grow up together, that we'll see some really good things and, um, in community and as far as what God has for us in the wider community as well. Isn't that right? It's a few verses in Ephesians chapter 4 that I think talk very well about Christians growing up. And um, I don't know whether they're going to be on the screen or not. Uh, yeah, so maybe not. But verse 14 to 16 of, here we go, of Ephesians 4, the, 
the passage is broken down into several elements, and we'll, we'll pick this up and then go back a few verses. But it says, then you will no longer be as infants. Tossed back and forth goes on. You can read that for yourselves as I'm speaking. We'll run it through. But um, another version says, then your immaturity will end. Another version says, in fact, it's the message. It says, there will be no prolonged infancies among us. So Paul here is using the analogy of a child growing into adulthood. And no parent wants their child to be taking the tendencies of their childhood into their adult years. That's right. I mean, no one wants, no mother wants to be their child or their son to be having nappies changed when they're a teenager, right? How old was I, Mum? No. Did you say college? No way. <laughs> but, but we, so if when we look at that in a spiritual sense, there are, there are tendencies in our young walk as Christians which are to stop and be put aside when we start growing up. And Paul, as he goes through this passage in the following verses, starts to list those, those characteristics, those tendencies that we have as young Christians to be put aside, he talks about our relationships, how do we, we treat each other. He talks about what we're to put aside, sexual, um, sexual lust and um, greed. He talks about um, anger. He talks about what comes out of our mouth, loose talk. Those sort of things are to be put aside. But if we go back a few verses, if we have the next slide on, we'll go back to verse 11. Because we need to know what brings about, what, is, what causes this transition from being a child to coming into an adulthood. What is the key? What is the key? And Paul, I think, addresses this really well. And he said, he has given some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. The, the message uses a phrase there in verse um, 12 and 13, and it talks about us learning to live rhythmically and easily with each other, fully alive within, fully alive without, fully alive in Christ. So God has given the gift of the apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and preachers to the church. Now, God knows what the church needs in order to grow. Isn't that right? Now, when you, when, you, when you give a gift to someone, you normally give it with some consideration to what the recipient needs. That's right, eh? Unless you're an older male and you just get handkerchiefs and underpants, whether you need them or not, you know. <laughs> but when the gift is given, there is the expectation that the gift is to be valued and to be used well. And so Paul here is saying that the gifts he has given the church of the pastor and the teacher and the evangelist and the, and the apostle are to be used well. And when they are used well, we move from immaturity to adulthood. And as we go through the, the passage there, we, we haven't got time to look at each, each of the verses, but as we go through, not only does he... Um, indicate some of the specific characteristics that are to be dealt with in our lives, but he comes to a verse in 22 where he shares a principle that is found elsewhere in the New Testament, and it's the principle of you put off the old and put on the new. 
And that's what it's all about. Now, Paul here is using a picture of clothing, right? Now, guys, when you go to Hallenstein's to buy a new pair of jeans, you don't stand beside the clothing rack with your old jeans on and try and fit into the new size 34s or 36s, it would have to be. Because it doesn't work. It don't, they won't fit. They'll be uncomfortable. Never, and you'll never be able to walk properly. And I wonder if sometimes we, some of us struggle in our Christian walk because we're trying to fit the new when we're still wearing the old. And we need to put off the old to get rid of the old so that we can then fit comfortably in the new. And some of us know what it's like to have that struggle. And, and we, there's pain, there's hurt, there's mistakes, and we don't want to let them go or we can't let them go. And then we hear about what we should, how we should be living and how God wants us to, to operate and to, to act around uh, others. And we start trying to put on new clothing and it just doesn't fit. I mean, that's why, that's why department stores have changing rooms, so that we can strip off and put on the new. The church can be, I guess, a metaphor for many things. It can be a metaphor for a restaurant. We come here to get fed and nourished with good food. It can be a metaphor for a, for a hospital where we healed um, emotionally, spiritually, and, and physically. It can be a metaphor for a training camp where we are equipped to go out and fight the battles that, are, that we confront every week. But it can also be a metaphor for the church to be a good fitting room where we learn what we have to do to put off and so that we can then put on the new. Part of the maturing. Maybe some of you, and even if, if, you, if you've this morning never made that first commitment to follow Jesus, it starts with just putting off. You may not know much about what you're carrying, but what, what you're wearing. You know there's some pain there, there's some ache, there's some hurt, there's some mistakes, there's some regrets. You may know even less about God. But becoming a Christian, making that first step, is really just giving all you know of yourself to the all that you know of God. And you might want to feel as though you just want to get rid of what's there and just... And, and you know that it doesn't fit properly, it's not made for you, but there is, I want to tell you there is another garment that is made personally, intimately for you. Maybe if that's you, there's a first few lines of Louise Fletcher's poem that might ring true with you. It goes like this. I wish there was a wonderful place called the land of beginning again, where all of my mistakes and all of my heartache and all of my poor selfish grief could be dropped like an old shabby coat at the door and never put on again. If that's you this morning, there is a place of beginning again. And that's why Jesus came. And God says he's got a garment for you that begins when acknowledging that Jesus died on a cross and that his blood was shed for us and he died for us so that we could live and wear. And that's a principle right through scripture. Colossians 3 talks about putting on love. Right. Then Paul moves, just as I close this off, Paul moves into the first verse of chapter 5, which I think is one of the most astounding four words in the New Testament. Not, not the most astounding, but certainly raising the bar. And he says, be imitators of God. 
So there's this transition which happens of the pastor and the, the teacher and the evangelist teaching or training, equipping the saints, and then moving on to us um, becoming, moving from you know, children to adulthood and then putting off the old, putting on the new, and then being imitators of God. I can't believe that. When I read that, I just why wow, that's astounding. Here's the God of the the God of the cosmos, the creator of heaven and earth, has chosen me to imitate him. Well, when Paul uses that word imitate, it's a Greek word imitus, which means to act, to role play, from, from where we get our word mimic. So God is asking me to mimic him, to reflect his character, his nature. His goodness, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his, um, his wisdom, his power, even his ability to create, to mimic that, to imitate that in the theater, if you like, of the world in which I live. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that incredible? That, that just astounds me. And you know, if I can just digress slightly, I'm sorry, but when I meet my master at the end of my life. Some of us think that we meet a, a judge who is vengeful, who is after retribution and wants to cane us for all the stuff that we've done wrong. I don't think so at all. <clears throat> I think God wants to review my life like a movie critic. And there's been a movie made of all of our lives as we've, in our life, attempted to imitate God. God will look at the movie with us and say, yeah, you did really well there and that was good, but uh, you made a bit of a mistake there. And there were times when, when that was not good, but, you know, um, I didn't see a lot of that because it was covered with the blood of my son. And, uh, but you, you suffered some consequences naturally because of that, but we picked you up again and lifted you and put you in a new place. But, you know, you did some good things there. And, and it would, he would go through the movie, My Life, and I trusted at the end he would say, well done, good and faithful servant. Where does it come from? It comes from putting off the old, putting on the new. It comes from going from immaturity to adulthood. We leave our childhood things behind. It comes from acting our age. And it starts by acknowledging the gifts, the preacher and the teacher, the apostle and the evangelist who God gives to us. Dino and Gina, you are God's gift to us. We recognise that. And um, we've, in the short time you've been here, we've, we've seen your passion for God and, and all that he has for us. And we've seen your love for us and for his people and some of the people here have personally experienced that in an authentic and genuine way. Thank you for that. And we... Um, we pray that your gifts will be well used here and developed even further. But added to that, there are also gifts in this place. And they're not hidden outside under the trees or even under the seats, but in fact, they're sitting on the seats. Gifts that we would ask you, if you like, to go on a treasure hunt and unwrap some of the gifts here and enable us to live as community in maybe a way we haven't lived before. And to do things in our wider community, partnering with God and all that he has for us to begin to transform the world that we live in.
it over to you guys. Thanks, Trevor. That was awesome, wasn't it? Thank you. Yeah, just um, just take a few seconds. Just you know, the things that Trevor shared, and particularly when he spoke to you. If you're in a place in God that that isn't where you'd like to be, or you've never asked Him to be part of who you are, just um, I just want you to take a few seconds now to just put it right with God, to bring it before Him again, so that uh, any gap in what you're doing and that sort of thing. Yeah. So please, just go before God for a few seconds. Father, your whole desire is to make us free. We can only become free when we become better imitators of you. May we go from here, Lord, from the service, Lord, out into our week, and to do that, to seek to become better imitators of you, knowing that you are with us always, no matter where we are. I ask in Jesus' name. Yeah. Right, can I invite, please, the elders? And Joan, where is she? And... Aaron and Anna and um, Ben and Jenny and also um, Debbie, Peter and Debbie. Can you come please? We come to the exciting part. Um, I don't think I could add anything to what Trevor just said over you and, and just endorse that and say, yeah, go, let's do it and do it God and us as we go. Yeah, cool. going to get Jane to speak. So can you come as well? You're part of this. Yeah. because you represent you know, the founding of this church and all it's been for the last 40 years with your dear son, a dear husband. Um, and hasn't your son gone on and done well as well? So we just it's been really great. Can I ask you to pray first, Jane? Can I ask you to pray first? For the, the Dean and Gina first, if you would. here today. Do does any of you know one they are great speakers used to say it's good to be with you again. You, does Prince. any of you remember? Derek Prince. Yes, Derek Prince. Well it is good to be with you today. I'm uh, really happy and blessed 
that uh, Dean and Gina invited me to come along and share in this time. Um, I have to have it written down. I, oh, maybe I wouldn't remember. Um, it's lovely to be standing here today with Dean and Gina. Thank you for inviting me. I believe we are in the beginning of a new season. Uh, or a new, another stage of the journey. There have been many changes since Hudson and I first put out a stamp on Christian Fellowship in Upper Hutt back in 1974, a little while ago. But God never changes. And what a blessing, isn't it? And his love never fails. And he's still here. And he's brought you to this place. I believe that God has brought you here. Uh, Heavenly Father, I really pray your blessing on this special couple today. As they hear your voice and lead Lane Park Church on to uh, a new season. Now, I want the... Want the encourage, I want to ask the people all here if they would make sure that they love, uh, pray for and support this very precious couple that have come amongst us. Yes, so thank you Lord for your goodness to us. You are an unfailing God, you're always there listening to our needs and we must always uh, never forget Lord to thank you thank you from the bottom of our heart for what you've done for us and in the, in the past what you've done but not only in the past but what you're going to do in the future so we thank you Lord Jesus for your goodness to us I've got a verse you. It's one of my favourites. Numbers 6, 24-26. May the Lord bless and protect you. May the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you. I love that bit. And you, when we think that God's smiling at you because of who you are, the Lord's face radiate with joy because of you show you his favour and give you his peace. Now that's from my life application Bible, living Bible. Jenny and I count it a privilege to have this opportunity to pray into the situation. You know, uh, I love being asked to pray for things that I know God wants to bless. And uh, uh, we have this assurance from his word that uh, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And he's called you among us to lead the charge, shall we say, and we believe for great things to happen and know that God is going before 
And so we're just asking you, Father, to pour into these dear people the resources that they're going to need for the task that lies before them. We pray for an outpouring of courage and faith. And Lord, we pray that you'll give them the gift of uh, standing under the spout where the glory comes out and, and to just share it with us. And we believe for it. We say, thank you, thank you, thank you. What you plan is exceeding abundantly above anything that we can ask or think according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And we just say, thank you, Lord. We pray blessing on these dear people in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, hi, I'm Peter. I'm Dean's brother, um, older brother. And... Uh, so we're of the same blood. We have the same mother, but different fathers. But now, Dino, for a long time, we've walked this journey of faith where we have the same father because we've been born of the Spirit. And in our lifetimes, we've been the first in our family line to receive Christ and to start this journey and to now live and walk and see that the next generation is coming through in our families of your children. And our children is such a blessing. And I really believe that you are a man and a woman, a couple set in this place, in this time for a specific season. And the word that God really placed on my heart was that you guys are pathfinders, not path makers, because God has already got a path in mind for this church. And it's a path that has a great legacy. And he's brought you into this place to be pathfinders, to open the ways that God wants to bring into this church for this new season. So, Father, I thank you for Dean and Gina. Thank you for the call on their life. Thank you that you've set them apart. And, Lord, I ask that you would bless them for this journey. Father, increase grace in their lives. Increase patience. Increase faith, Lord God, and help them to have eyes to see and ears to hear what you're doing in these days. And may they continue to grow a great legacy for the name of Christ Jesus in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Anoint them, God. Thank you. Just like to pray. Just like to pray uh, Psalm 126 for you guys. Lord, uh, when you brought us all um, out of the captivity that we were in, um, in the times um, before we, we knew you as our personal Lord and Saviour, uh, when that happened for us, when we had that moment of realising that you were God uh, who lived, who died for us. Lord, we were people who dreamed. We had dreams and aspirations, and there are dreams and aspirations uh, in, Dean, 
and Dean and Gina, um, may they be people who dream. May we be people who dream along with them, Lord. May their mouths be filled with laughter as they work and serve and live here. Father, may their, to- may their tongues uh, be filled with songs of joy. May it be said of, of us as a church and as a people that the Lord has done great things for them. For Lord, you have done great things for us and we are people who are filled with joy. Lord, would you restore our fortunes like streams in the desert. Lord, as we sow uh, in tears and living in, um, in the compassion that you have and, and having your heart, a broken heart for the people here and, and as these guys have broken hearts for both this church and this place, Lord God, would they reap songs of joy? As they go, yeah, as they go out like that, Lord, would they, would they reach songs of joy? And Father, I pray that you would be with them, that you'd be near to them, and that you would bless them, and that you would um, give us, um, the people, every um, inspiration and um, every, to share their heart, Lord, to, to walk and to be led by and to walk alongside them in Jesus' name. Church, I have a word for us as Lane Park Church. I feel that God would like to remind us that this is my church. My plans and my purposes stand firm. I have never forsaken this people. Your past is significant. Honour it. Celebrate the present, but I call you to the future. Dean and Gina, there's a couple of verses I've merged together. One of them is Ezekiel 36, verse 11, and the other is Hosea 2, verse 9. But I seek God every time the seasons changes for this church, and I seek Him deeply for finding and wanting to know what the seasons mean. And these verses says, I will cause you to be, this is to Lane Park Church, to our church, I will cause you to be inhabited according to your former estate. And I will do better than even at your beginnings. In this place, I will give you peace and prosperity. And to you, Dean and Gina, you shall understand and realize that I am the Lord who calls you forth to loyalty and obedient service. Father God, I just want to pray a blessing over these two loyal and obedient servants of yours who had their ears to hear your voice and to respond to the call that we put out as an eldership for the new leadership to lead us forward and work with us as an eldership. Father God, we thank you immensely for the gift that you've given us. We in no doubt, one, um, uh, it, there's no doubt of their loyalty and there's no doubt of their dedicated service. We just pray a fresh blessing upon them, we pray. A fresh anointing to lead us as a people, I pray. To care for us as a flock and to take us forward in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Can I ask you all, just as an endorsement of these prayers, just to stand, to stand with them as they do. We do thank you for bringing them amongst us, Lord. We're excited about the future. We thank you for the giftings and the skills, the pastor, um, teacher, apostle, the giftings you've put among them, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that they would flourish here. And we thank you for bringing them to us in the name of Jesus. And the people of God said, Amen. Thank you.
I, um, I just have a couple of emails here. From One is from Rasek Rangchord, who has uh, uh, held numbers of positions in the New Life movement over the years. Um, and he has got this to say to you guys. Our heartiest congratulations to Dean and Gina on your induction as pastors at Lane Park Church. We've known you both for many years and have seen you grow in the Lord and in your wholehearted service to people. He's not even listening because he's caring about Joan there. That's awesome. That's great, man. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Um, here is another wonderful chapter opening up for you in, at this church, which had a very wide sphere of influence in the Wellington region and to our nation. So, from Rasek, we pray God's richest blessing on you, your family and ministry. Presently, he's ministering in Australia. Otherwise, I imagine he would have been here. So that's um, Rasek and Lalita. Yeah. And uh, finally, yeah, um, from Bruce Billington, who says, my thoughts and prayers are with you all this morning. He was sorry that he couldn't be here for it as well. So, yeah, cool. Okay. Andrew, shall I turn it back to you? All right. He's got a saxophone. To hear leaders of New Life Churches, we just wanted to say a big congratulations on your new yeah. appointment. We're so excited for you. We wish we could have been there with you. Yeah, and we pray God's blessing upon you, that God would lead you, guide you, and direct you as you lead this church and the people. And we, be, we love you guys. And so to all of those at Lane Park, we just know that you've got a great couple there. Yeah, I know they'll yeah. be a blessing yeah. uh, to you, and we look forward to what God is going to do in the future. God bless.